All right, so I want you to open your Bible to 2 Chronicles chapter 15. You may be like, wait, this isn't supposed to be about joy, but hang tight with me because I'm going somewhere. So 2 Chronicles chapter 15, and I'm so excited. Woo, all right, Kathy's full of the joy this morning. Amen, amen. <laughs> I'm going to move this chair. I just can't seem to stay in one place, so. I can't even, yeah, yeah, y'all know. So 2 Chronicles chapter 15. I'm going to do y'all like kids church, whoever's there first gets a piece of candy. All right, just kidding. <laughs> no candy for you. Um, so I want to start in, let's just start in verse 2. Chapter 15, verse 2. So this says, listen to me, Asa, and all Judah and Benjamin. The Lord is with you while you are with him. If you all seek him, he will be found with you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. So King Asa, you know, was beginning his reign. Um, for a long time, Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law. But when in their trouble, they turned to the Lord God of Israel and sought him, he was found by them. And at that time, there was no peace to the one traveling in or out because there was a great panic on all those who dwelt in the land. They were broken to pieces, nation against nation and city against city, because God confused them with every type of distress. But you all must be strong and not lose heart, for there is a reward for your deeds. So King Asa is going to come to a point where he has to make a very important decision. What is he going to do with the word of the Lord? And so I'm going to skip down a little bit. Funny thing, when I was studying, there's um, a part of the verse <laughs> And I'm just going to read it to you. You don't have to look on. It says, and he repaired the altar of the Lord that was before the vestibule of the Lord. And I was like, no way the Bible just said that that was the toilet. I was like, what? And I looked it up and I was like, wait, it was the porch. <laughs> I, was, I, I had a good laugh anyway. Looks like some of y'all need to be delivered from this, you know, downcast. If y'all don't start laughing at my jokes, you know, I'm going to have to come lay hands on y'all. But <laughs> anyway... So King Asa, he ended up, you know, repairing everything that had been in shambles. You know, they really weren't honoring the Lord. And he kind of rebuilt and re redid the temple. And he put gold and silver in there. And they entered into a covenant of the, with the Lord. And so it says that in verse 12. And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all their heart and soul. But whoever would not seek the Lord God of Israel would be put to death whether young or old, man or woman. So if you don't want to seek the Lord today, then go ahead and stand up. No, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. But anyway, so this is what they did. And this is like a little preset for y'all so you know what's going on. And all Judah rejoiced over this oath because they swore with their whole heart and sought him with all their desire. And he was found by them. And the Lord gave them rest all around. What a joy it is when you serve the Lord. You know, you don't have to constantly be... Um, distraught, the Lord brings you rest. And it's, it's really a powerful thing. I mean, I've been through so many times when, you know, even coming in here, I teach the kids all the time, you know, and I'm up at my other job, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., and I'm like, when I wake up in the morning, I'm so for real, I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh. But then I just remember what, what an honor it is this morning to be in the house of the Lord. What an honor it is to teach these children and the Lord to use me. Wow. So then I just, I just keep rejoicing in the Lord. And then before you know it, I'm in there and I'm running around and I'm playing these games with the kids, you know, beating them at basketball. And, you know, that's, that's beside the point. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the Lord gives you rest when you enter into covenant with him and when you seek him with all of you, not just 50%, but with all of you, you allow him in every part of your life. And so I'm, I'm going to skip down to 2 Chronicles 16, verse 9. Now, this scripture is very popular. And really, this is how I ended up looking further into the story because I was like, wow, I love this scripture. Let's see what's around it. So it says, For the eyes of the Lord move about on all the earth to strengthen the heart that is completely toward him. So God is physically looking for somebody to strengthen supernaturally. Yeah if your heart is all the way towards him. Yeah. But I want to tell you something. This King Asa, who, you know, he restored the temple. He was doing great. 
they, they entered into a time of rest when Israel had been at so much war. But let's look at what happened to King Asa because it's not pretty. So, but in the 36th year, I'm in chapter 16, by the way. <laughs> in the 36th year of the reign of Asa, Basha, the king of Israel, went up against Judah and built Ramah and did not allow anyone to come in or go out to Asa, king of Judah. Then Asa removed silver and gold from the storehouses of the king of, of the Lord. So he ran into this situation where things didn't look exactly how he wanted them to look. Did God break the covenant? No, he did not. But Asa, he got his eyes off of the Lord and onto the situation. He started looking at what was going on. And then instead of using a supernatural means, going on his knees, praying to the Lord, Lord, I don't like the way this looks. I need you to come help me right now. He didn't do that. He, he removed the silver and gold from the storehouse. Wow. So then let's read what happens. He says, There is a covenant between me and you as between my father and your father. I am sending you silver and gold, taking the silver and gold out of the Lord's house and giving it to someone else. And how many times do we do that with our tithe? I mean, and even all of the silver and gold is the Lord's. When the Lord, even if it's beyond your tithe, if the Lord tells you, I want you to give X amount, and you're like, ah, oh, that's, that's not what I had planned today. That's not my 10%. Oh, my gosh. It's all the Lord's. Like, what's the big deal? So he takes all the silver and the gold, and then he says, go and break your covenant with Basha, the king of Israel, so that he might leave me. And Ben-Hadad, I'm going to name my son that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Listen to King Asa. And he sent the commanders of his armies against the cities of Israel. They struck down Egypt, Dan, Abel, Maim, and all the depot cities of Naphtali. Okay. And it happened when Basha Ramah, and he, oh, Basha heard this, that he stopped building Ramah and he ceased his work. Then King Asa took all of Judea, Judah, and they took the stones of Ramah and its timber that Basha had used to build, and he built with them Geba and Mizpah. And at the time, Hanani the seer came to King Asa of Judah, saying, Because you depended on the king of Aram and did not depend on the Lord your God, therefore the army of the king Aram escaped from your hand. Were not the Cushites and the Libyans a very large army with chariots and horses. But when you depended on the Lord, he gave them to your hand. And so, you know, this, you may not think that this is going to apply to you right now, but how many times do we depend on man, good or bad? Yeah. You may look at the way that things are going. Look at Israel. Oh, no, Hamas. Oh, no, Hamas is going to kill everybody. Oh, no, I, I can't go out today. Hamas might kill me. Or what's... What's going on in Israel? What's going on? When you should depend on the word of the Lord. Yeah, there's promises in the word of the Lord. And I'm not saying that you shouldn't think about what's going on. But so many times we say that we're concerned about something and we get into fear about it. And we let the word of man control us rather than the word of God. And so you take, you take those things and you combat it with the word of God. Well, this is happening, but the joy of the Lord is my strength. This is what the report of the Lord is. And I believe that to be true. So now this year is going to speak. For the eyes of the Lord move about on all the earth to strengthen the heart that is completely towards him. And so he's kind of rebuking King Asa. And before when I read this verse, I was like, oh, this is so lovely. This is, this is so beautiful. And it's true. You can use it on the opposite side. Wow, God's going to strengthen me today because my eyes are towards him. But really, this is kind of a rebuke to him because he's like, you trusted in the word of man rather than the word of God. And so, you know, God wants to strengthen somebody that's completely in it. He doesn't want to strengthen somebody that's, you know, maybe 10% in. Oh, God, um, I trust you with this, with this illness that this person's going through. But everything else is just, it's to the wayside. It doesn't matter. And I'll take care of it myself. It says, you have acted foolishly in this, and from this point forward, you will have wars. So who brought that on King Asa? King Asa brought it on himself. Now he has wars from this point on 
because he didn't trust in the word of the Lord. And so then Asa was angry with the seer and placed him in prison stocks, for he was enraged by these words. Asa even oppressed some of the people during this time. And so really what happened to him was an outward expression on what was going on the inside of him. Really, I believe this had been going on the inside of him for a long time. And I believe that he probably was hostile to a lot of people before this because we know that what's going on spiritually eventually is going to come out. And it came out very badly. And so I want you to notice this too. Even when he had the word of the Lord from that prophet and he said, okay, this is what's going to happen. You didn't obey. This is what's going to happen. He still decided not to turn because he was so distraught. Oh no, there's going to be wars. I can't do a single thing about it. So the events of Asa from beginning to end are written in the book of the kings of Judah and Israel. In the 39th year of the reign of Asa, he had a sickness in his feet until his sickness became grave. Even in his disease, he did not seek after the Lord, but the physicians. So Asa slept with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. So you may be wondering now, Oh my gosh, you just read like the most depressing story on this Sunday morning. <laughs> and you're supposed to be in here talking about joy. Well, I am. <laughs> so I'm going to give you my main scripture that I'm really going to be focusing on today. And I was, I was doing a little setup. Y'all didn't even notice. <laughs> so this is, I'm going to go to Psalm 16, verse 11. Um, and I'm just going to read it to y'all real quick. You will make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And that's something to get excited about. Amen. (laughs) So now y'all can get happy this morning. So King Asa, I want to circle back to that for a second. King Asa, you know, he really just didn't trust in the Lord 100%. And the reason that we get outside of joy so often is because we get out of the presence of the Lord. And when you get out of the presence of the Lord, you start to stop thinking his way, the way that God thinks. There's a Bible verse that says, um, as the heavens are as high above the earth, so my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. So the way that God thinks is so much higher than man. It's such a supernatural way. And so when you stop spending time with the Lord, you know, there's so many things that you lose. And one of those things included are joy. Because joy is a supernatural force. It's not just, oh, happiness, sunshine, and rainbows. That's not joy. (laughs) Joy isn't that. Joy is really something that is so strong. I mean, when you have the joy of the Lord all over you, that's different than somebody that goes out and parties and they're happy momentarily because they had a few drinks. It's way different because the joy of the Lord, it is so, it will sustain you no matter what you're going through. It'll keep you. And I'm sorry, but a drink will never do that. It's something that'll never leave you. And so King Asa, when he didn't spend his time with the Lord, he got outside of that. He got outside the peace of God. He got outside of that rest that the Bible tells us that the nation entered into because he removed the things from the temple, meaning that his heart wasn't so far towards God anymore. His heart really started to drift away from the Lord. Oh no, this is happening. I better take matters into my own hands. How often do we take matters into our own hands? It doesn't matter what it may be. It may be the simplest thing. Oh man, I just, I don't know how to do this today. Why don't you ask the Holy Ghost? Why don't you? Pastor Megan and I were talking about that yesterday, actually. Amen. But why don't you ask the Holy Ghost? The Holy Ghost knows things so much better than you. And the Bible says that the kingdom of God is not meat or drink. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is not physical. It's not not things that are here today and will be gone tomorrow. But it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. It's everlasting. And so you may be happy because you had a piece of cake yesterday, but I'm not so happy the next day because i got to run it off on the treadmill. (laughs) But, But the joy of the Holy Ghost that's something that'll sustain you. Yeah. I can eat one day, and, and then I'm going to be hungry if I don't ever eat again. Right. It's the same way with joy. Right. But this is something that will always be here. We may go through famines. We may go through droughts. 
but the joy of the Lord will always be here. It's something that never goes away. Amen? All right, so I want to turn to um, John chapter 6 real quick, and we're going to talk about this. So while y'all are turning, let's talk about what happened right before this. So a few miracles happened. You know, we had the Jesus fed the 5,000 loaves and fishes kind of thing, (laughs) and Jesus walked on water, and he had all these miracles. And Jesus is about to give us another rebuking, so hold on tight. (laughs) So John chapter 6, verse 26, I want y'all to go there. So this is kind of, again, where people started chasing Jesus around. And so John chapter 6, verse 26, Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, oh, nice. Truly, truly, I say to you, you seek me not because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves and were filled. Now, I don't know about y'all, I've never had actual physical bread or manna rain down from heaven on my doorstep. But I'm going to tell you something that we do so often. We go to God, oh God, I, I want you right now so badly because I'm sick and I, I need a great healing. Or, oh God, I really could use this money right now, so let's spend some time together so I can get my money. That reminds me of a little child. You guys know how little kids, when they really want what you have, imagine like you're eating this delicious sandwich, and then you guys know how little kids come up. Oh, I wish I had a sandwich. That really looks good. (laughs) Have I told you how much I love you? (laughs) And that's how we do God. It's it's terrible. People come into the throne room of God. and, And really, you remember how Jesus told us the way to pray. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so you seek after his benefits instead of the one who who is the giver of all life, instead of the one who gave you salvation. I mean, is that not enough? And all of these things are wrapped up in your salvation anyways. But when you come to God just seeking what he can give you instead of who he is, you've messed up royally. And then really, your heart is not completely towards him. Your heart is towards your healing, or your heart is towards the money. But when your heart is towards the Lord, all of these things happen to you. Seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things shall be added unto you. So when you seek after the kingdom of God, man, I mean, I tell you, when I spend time with the Lord, I don't come out depressed, weeping, I come out so excited. Wow, Lord, you're so good. It's exciting to serve God. And it's exciting when you spend time with him, the things that he'll show you, the things that he'll show you to tell other people and use you. It's so fun to be used of God even. But even if I sought to be used of God, I'm in the wrong because I should seek him first. And whatever he wants to do with me, I don't care if I'm a garbage truck driver. I'll be the best garbage truck driver there is. Whatever God wants is what I want. And so that's where it should be. And so that's what, that's what happened in the beginning of King Asa's reign, where he had it right. They sought God with all of their desires. And that doesn't mean that you come to God, oh, God, you know, I'm desiring all of these things. Give them all to me. I mean, he'll give you the desires of your heart. But are you seeking him first? Because you're messed up if you're just saying, oh, Lord, I love you because I I just want a Porsche. So I love you this morning. And once I get it, I'll talk to you next time I need something. Mm -mm. So, all right. So anyway, off of that rabbit hole, uh, it was a good one. Verse 27, (laughs) do not work for the food which perishes, but for that food which endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For the God, God the Father, has set his seal on him. Then they asked him, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God, that ye believe in him whom he has sent. And so I want to skip down real quick to verse 32. Then Jesus said, truly, truly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. There's so much life in Jesus. 
I mean, John 10.10, 10, Satan cometh not to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come so that you might have life and life more abundantly. I don't know about you, but abundant life doesn't look like dragging around, going from day after day. Oh, I'm miserable. Oh, this is so hard. No, you may go through hardships, but the joy of the Lord is your strength. I don't care what the hardship may be because that joy that rises up in you, it's so much more powerful. And you know something, you can outlast the devil. Did you know that? You can outlast the devil, you specifically. Not just, not just pastors, not just you know, people who work here or, or this evangelist way out there, not just Jonathan Shellsworth, but you can outlast the devil because you have the joy of the Lord. You have a strength inside of you so that when he comes at you with his attacks, you know what the word says, and you can hold fast to your confession yes. of faith. You don't have to get into fear because you trust in the word of God, Amen. and you abide in his presence so that you know that he's not a liar. His word is true. Amen. All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to go to, real quick, John chapter 15, verse 11. I might go a little bit, a little bit back from that. We'll see. Got to keep you all on your toes somehow. John chapter 15. Thank you, Pastor Lisa. <laughs> all right. So, yes, John chapter 15. So I'll sum it up real quick. So he's talking about, you know, abide in me and I in you. You'll bear much fruit. So he's talking about being in his presence. It's Jesus talking. And he talks about when you're in his presence you'll start to bear the fruit that Jesus does as well. It comes naturally. Um, and I like something that Pastor Mark says, just like a mother smiles her baby into smiling, God loves you into loving. But you know, even in that, God can, God can do so many things like that for you. God can joy you into joying. I mean, <laughs> I know that doesn't sound super exciting or the way I say it, but God... <laughs> When you spend time with the Lord, do you guys think God is up in heaven weeping and, you know, oh, no, oh, no, look at Israel. I didn't know that would happen. No, no. God knows. God, it's his word. He knows what it says, and he knows that it'll come to pass. So God's not in heaven. Oh, no. Oh, no. I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to say. I don't, oh my gosh, Gabriel just came to me and he told me that this person's sick. I don't know how they'll ever get healed. No, God doesn't have a single worry, I'm telling you. And so the more time that you spend with God, you'll become like him. And guess what? Even more than that, your countenance will change. So you can even tell with somebody how much, how much faith are you into by how, how excited do they look? Wow, wow. And that'll strike a chord with a couple people. Because sometimes I see people walking around in the grocery store. Or, or you know what? Sometimes I'll be working and I'm like, hi, how's it going? And then, not even joking, one time a guy went, I was like, oh, Lord, what's wrong with you? You must be miserable. He really said, that was terrible. But I'm like, man. But to the opposite, I've smiled people into smiling. Amen. Because the joy of the Lord is so powerful, it's actually contagious. Amen. You look at somebody with the joy of the Lord, and I'm all like, and people are like, why are you so happy? I kind of scare people sometimes, you know what I mean? I'm like, hey! And they're like, oh my gosh. Sometimes people go, oh. But <laughs> it's true. And y'all know I'm super loud, so that just adds to it. I'm like, hey, good morning. God loves you. But anyway, you know, even people, they notice that on you. They see the joy of the Lord. I mean, it's hard, it's hard to be in the joy of the Lord and not radiate with the life of God. When you carry yourself in such a way that I have the life of God on the inside of me, no weapon formed against me will prosper. I mean, you look at the promises of God, I get so excited. And it's not just that I'm happy and it's a fleeting feeling. But even when things are not going my way, I look at the report of the Lord. God, your word is true. You do not lie. I'm so, I'm so glad in you. And you know another thing. The Bible says to rejoice. 
Rejoice is not a noun, it's a verb. And so rejoicing, rejoicing is not just, oh, I'm so, I'm so happy. Thank you, God. Pastor says, everybody stand to your feet and give God some glory. And you go, all right. Thank you, Jesus. Peace. <laughs> no. Rejoicing. I mean, David got so undignified before the Lord. When you rejoice, things are moving around for you. Amen. Hallelujah. 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 And you know what? You don't even need somebody to stir you up. Stir your own self up. Get excited about what God has for you. You rejoice in the Lord. And I, what I like about that word is it says re. <laughs> that means do it again and again. <laughs> you don't just do it one time. Pastor says, oh, say glory to God. Glory to God. All right. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it for the rest of the month. <laughs> wow, that's miserable. <laughs> that one glory to God got you real excited. You know, I was watching something one time, and it was, um, it was Dr. Avery Jackson. And I don't know if, if you guys know who that is. Um, he, he's pretty close with like Pastor Mark Hankins who comes here pretty often and he's a neurosurgeon and he studies like all about the brain and it's very interesting. Um, I was listening to something of his and he said that children, they actually usually get about 300 belly laughs in per day, but a grown adult gets about 10. Wow, that's terrible, but you know what it is? If we're looking at the ways of the world, you know, a child is so carefree, but then they get, they get downcast with all the stress, the divorce, the car payment, the house payment, the everything payment. I don't know. You have to make payments on your groceries now. I don't, it's crazy. But, <laughs> but they get all depressed about everything, and they forget. I mean, if you just constantly work and you work and you work, what, what is there left to enjoy? There's nothing. There's nothing. But we don't, we don't live to eat. We eat to live here. Amen? So when you live with a purpose, God has a plan for me. God has a purpose for me. I wake up every morning excited at what God is going to do. Wow, God, what's this adventure today? I talk to so many people, and it's so fun getting into conversations with people about the Lord. You know, and I, I was telling some people this the other night, actually, in the Bible school. But it's like, for me, I get, I get so excited and joyful that people in the grocery store, like, this has happened before in the checkout. They're like, wow, you have, like, a really great vibe. Like, what's your sign? <laughs> what's your star sign? <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I'm like the blood. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have messed with people before and been like, Oh, it's like jellyfish. <laughs> and they're like, what? <laughs> this one girl said, oh, but you're a Christian, so it's like your sign's the cross. And I said, yes, ma'am. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so, so that's cool that even a sinner would know. Wow, praise God. But anyway, you know, people are like, wow, you have such a great vibe. Or wow, wow, you're like, you're like really like energetic. Like, I love to see that. You like you should like go into like entertainment or something. <laughs> this is real. I'm not even like making it up. And this one man, oh my gosh, I was working and you know I work in catering some um, part time, and he'd been drinking and he's like, man, I just want to tell you, you're just phenomenal. Like you've been like so nice and like to everybody. There's just something different about you. And I said, yes, sir, it's Jesus. And then I was like, let me get away from this drunk man. <laughs> yes, sir. But anyway, people see that on you. And you know what's more is people in the world, they don't understand why you're so happy. I get people even, I get so happy that people get annoyed. It ought to be that way for you. I'm like, oh, it's a great day. <laughs> and people... There's all these problems going on, and I'm just, yay. <laughs> it's going to be great, guys. We're going to have a great day. And everyone's like, what is she talking about? <laughs> but, you know, I have what I say, and we know that as Christians. So people will see you, and they'll say, how are they getting through all of these things that I'm going through as well? We're both going through almost the same thing. 
but they're so happy. They're so full of joy. There's something about them that's different, and they want that. If you as a Christian, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. That's not very attractive. First of all, you look ugly like that. But (laughs) first of all, but second of all, why would I want that? Why would the world want something like that? They already have it. They already have depression. They already have anxiety. They need you, a spirit-filled Christian, to set them free. You're anointed. I'm going to say that again. You're anointed. Don't forget that when you walk around. You walk in such a way. I'm anointed of God. I'm not, I'm not just a regular person anymore. I am a spirit being. God uses me. God loves me. And when you look at people the way that God loves them, that changes everything. They want that. They don't want your depression. They don't want your anxiety. They want the love of God. So, anyway, John chapter 15. <laughs> so, all right, let me, let me go to verse 9. As the Father loved me, I also loved you. God loved you into loving, and that's why we love people, right? If you, re- if you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and remain in his love. What are one of those commandments? Love your neighbor and love your God with all of your heart, all of your mind, all of your soul, all your strength. You love God with your whole being. That's what we're talking about today. The joy that you get in the presence of God. And that's not just the joy that I get from, oh, it's Sunday. I'm going to jump around. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because it's Sunday and I want to put on a show. No, no, that's not joy. That's a temporary feeling called happiness. And that's fleeting. But really, happiness, happiness will radiate out of your joy. So if you would get joy, your happiness will stay. Because that's really an outward benefit of the joy that's inside of you, because the joy is constant. And so you'll always continue to stay in that as long as you keep yourself in it. It's your choice, right? So anyway, you know, you keep those commands. Oh, my goodness, my hair. (laughs) All right. So he says, remain in my love if you keep my commandments. Da-da-da. All right, verse 11. (laughs) I have spoken these things to you that my joy may remain in you. And so, you know what? You get so many people that talk to you. Oh, I I don't really want to be a Christian because, you know, there's so many rules you have to follow, right? So many rules, so many things you have to do, and duh, it doesn't sound like fun. I'm having fun here. Why would I want to go follow rules? Because you don't have joy, (laughs) sir. (laughs) And (laughs) sir. (laughs) Loser. Did you say loser? No, I said loser. Oh, I was like, oh my gosh, I was like, loser. I, I mean, I guess you are a loser if you don't have the Lord, but, you know, be a victor. Um, anyway, so he said, so that your joy may be full. And, you know, the commandments of God, they really are not burdensome. And so even when the Lord commands you to rejoice, that's a, that's a commandment. He didn't say, oh, if, if you feel like it. Or if sometime, you know, if something like really good's happening or like if a guest speaker comes to the church, then you can make two laps around the church and then you're done and you're good. Or if you just, if you get like that tingly feeling all inside, then you can like praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah. No, that's not what he said. (laughs) It's a commandment. When you choose to rejoice, God, he does so much inside of your own spirit. I mean, even when, when you talk positively as well, um, just giving that to you in a different light, that same doctor that I told you about, he talks about when you're talking negatively, you know your body starts to self-destruct itself. You stop producing stem cells. Your blood pressure rises. Actually, when you laugh, your blood pressure rises in a good way as though you were exercising. And it's a healthy thing for you. But in the other way, it's not good. So, (laughs) but 
when you think on good things and you start saying, what is the report of the Lord? These things may be happening, but I choose to believe the report of the Lord. When, those, when you start saying those things, did you know that your body, it starts actually producing more stem cells and repairing parts of your body. That's what your stem cells do. That is so cool. And I've experienced that in my own life. Um, you know, I've even, I used to work with a child, and many of you know that, but I would speak the word of God all over him all the time. I didn't care what it looked like. I didn't look at him when he couldn't barely talk. You know, all he could say was, yeah, or no. And then the rest was like, blah, blah, blah. I didn't give any attention to that. And I didn't see him that way. I saw him perfectly whole. And so I would speak the word. I would say, you have the life of God in you. I, w- I would say, you can talk. You're going to be walking and leaping and praising God. He used to fall over all the time. He didn't after I was done with him. But, I mean, you see the report of the Lord and you speak that. And that's what really the Bible means when it says that it's health to all of your flesh. It's real. It's not just a cute little saying like, you know, Confucius says this. No. (laughs) You know, that's the difference between following Jesus and any other religion. His words, they bring life. They're not just cute little poems and sayings, little word of encouragement to get you through your day. They're life. So if you treat it that way, and even abiding in the presence of the Lord, it brings so much life and so much strength to your body. Because being with the Lord, I mean, he just rejuvenates you. He refreshes you. He brings you that, everything that you need. But it's because you seek him first. If you seek him second, you won't get that same effect. That's true. If you seek, I mean, we talk about alcohol, we talk about drugs, there's all kinds of things. But there's other things you can seek too. I mean, I know, I know some people that like, and I'm not talking about Pastor Justin because he loves the Lord, but <laughs> we talk about the gym all the time, right? And um, we, know, we know people, <laughs> just clarifying. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, you know, I know some people that they, they, only, they always have to go to the gym because if they don't go to the gym, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. I don't know what I'm going to do with myself if I can't get in the gym. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That is, like, so unhealthy. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we do that with so many things. You could think of things, your own self, I'm sure, right now. If you can't live without something, you got to cut it out. Right. Even caffeine. Right. I mean, I'm preaching to the choir right here. That's why I do cold turkey days. But, and it's not fun. But if you can't live without something... You're putting God second. That's right. Let's just cut, cut and dry. That's right. If you can't stop something, you're putting God second. Come on. Come on. Because if good. he told you tomorrow, stop. stop. Are you able to? Yeah. That's good. yeah. That's good. Amen. <laughs> so now this verse 12, this is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. All right, hold your horses. Y'all stay right there. I'm about to read something to you. Because thank you, Holy Ghost. <laughs> so don't turn to it. I'm just going to read it. Colossians 1.27. To them God would make known what is the glorious riches of this mystery among the nations. It is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ is in you. Even on your worst day, And really, you should have no bad days because that's your choice. But on your worst, on the worst thing that could possibly happen, hurricanes, I mean, the economy crashes, everything bad happens. Christ is in you. That should be enough because he will sustain you. I remember um, maybe it was, I don't know, six or maybe six years ago, we had a trip to like New York City. Um, And I remember this was back when... I wasn't really, I loved the Lord, but he wasn't my all, you know what I mean? And so I remember we, my parents had gone through a divorce, and I remember my mom told me this story, and I'll never forget it. Um, And we really wanted to go to New York City for like a Christmas trip, and there was like no money at all. And I remember what God told my mother was so profound. He said, I don't want to be your banker, I want to be your father. So God is not your banker. He's your father. No matter what happens, he always supplies you what you need. You don't just look for, oh, God, you know, I I really want this Corvette. 
I just, I need you to bring me all the money right now. Mm -mm. God is your father. And so even when things are going wrong, he will supply your every need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. All right. So hmm, let me skip, let me skip, let me skip. All right. Because I got to read this to y'all before we close because y'all are about to get excited. (laughs) Amen. Thank you, Pastor Megan. Amen. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 36. And this is, oh, oh, hold on to your horses. <laughs> Y'all are going to be excited. I don't think I see any horses in here, but, you know, there may be. There may be. I just didn't see them. It's in the youth room. Oh, the youth room? Yeah. Yeah. Ezekiel, Ezekiel 36. <laughs> Ezekiel chapter 36. Now get ready. This is about to be good, all right? (laughs) We're going to go to verse 33. And you know what? Take this word of the Lord for you this morning because because this is about you. You're cleansed from your iniquities. So I want you to take this as a word for you. Amen? So Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 33. Thus says the Lord your God, on the day that I cleanse you from all your iniquities, and that's already done, (laughs) amen, I will cause you to dwell in the cities, and the waste places shall be built. One one of my favorite verses as of late, you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the field. You know, we don't think about these things enough. You don't take them literally enough. When God says you'll be blessed wherever your foot treads, he'll bless you. It doesn't matter where you go. As long as you follow him, I don't care what it looks like. If If God leads you out into the desert, I mean, trust him enough to know that he provides for you. So it says, and the waste places shall be built. The desolate land shall be tilled, whereas it lay desolate in the sight of all those who passed by. So those things that seem to be in ruins, everyone around you, sinners and Christians alike, will see that everything in your life that was in ruins and shambles the Lord will turn it around for you. Amen? So it says, they shall say, this land that was desolate has become like the Garden of Eden. And so I don't care what you're dealing with today. The joy of the Lord. I mean, look at what the Word says. It doesn't matter what the situation is saying. You can look at the Word. Oh, my gosh. All of these things that are going wrong. The Bible says that people will even live to see that what I was going through is fixing to turn around. And they'll see the glory of God. The goodness of God. The goodness of God. It leads men under repentance. You think God just wants you to go through this life all depressed. Oh, oh, another day. Oh, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. That's not the goodness of God. You seek him, all these things added to you. That doesn't mean that, oh, I'm going to be in debt. No, no, the goodness of God all over your life. So, all right. And the waste and desolate and ruined cities have become fenced and inhabited. Then the nations that are left all around you shall know that I, the Lord, have built the ruined places and planted that which was desolate. I, the Lord, have spoken it. And I will do it. So I want you right now. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what could be going wrong. I don't know that for you. But you take the word of the Lord for you this morning and say to your problem, you will become like the Garden of Eden. Everything that was desolate, every time that it looked like there was no way, it's fixing to turn around for the glory of God. Because I seek first the kingdom. He is ready to strengthen me because my heart is toward him in Jesus' name. God is strengthening me no matter what I'm going through. I don't care what the devil says because I'm about to outlast him with my joy. My joy is not temporary. My joy is everlasting. I serve a God that's greater than the problems. I serve a God that doesn't care what it looks like. He's not worried, so why am I worried? I'm not worried. My faith is in God. My trust is in God. And his word is true. He's not a liar. Don't become like the children in the wilderness that said to Moses, 
we would have rather been in Egypt and kept slaves, but God wants us to be out in the wilderness and die. When God delivers you from something, remember his faithfulness. I can look at every single person in this room and say that God has been faithful to you. So you meditate on that. You don't look at the problem. You look at the faithfulness of God. God brought me out of this, and he'll do it again. God is not a respecter of persons. God is not a man that he should lie. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not, he's not going to fail you. And we, we sing this song, he won't fail. But you mix your faith with it. If you just sing it as a cute little song, you know, great little confession. But mix your faith with what God says. Man, because I could just, I could say here, he won't fail. He won't. Uh, uh, uh. So, I mean, you don't mix your faith with it. You're just saying some cute little words. You don't believe it. Every time you sing the words of God, I mean, that's what we do when we're praising. We're lifting up. It's a sacrifice to praise. The Bible says it's a sacrifice. That means even when you don't feel like it, even when it's like, all right, glory. (laughs) I've done that before. I've ran, man, you know, something funny, just because I have time, I'll tell y'all. I have my room, um, my bed is up against a wall, and I have, like, it goes in a U where you can walk. I've I've wanted to run laps around my room before um, because I was, like, going through something one time. (laughs) And I mean, I've like just ran in a U shape around my room, just back and forth. <laughs> but I mean, rejoice at whatever cost, whatever it costs. You know, even Smith Wigglesworth, it talks, I remember reading about that he would dance in the Holy Ghost at least 15 minutes every day when he woke up. Don't you think that he was tired? Don't you think that he was like, <sighs> but then you go, okay. <laughs> First of all, it helped you lose some weight. Second of all, <laughs> second of all, it just does something inside of you. I mean, we talk about praying in tongues all the time about, you know, stir yourself up, stir yourself up. You can stir yourself up in joy as well. I mean, you pray just the way that you force yourself to pray in the Holy Ghost. Oh, I don't want to pray, but today I guess I will. And then you hit a gusher. That's what happens with joy. You rejoice and rejoice. And suddenly you're like, oh my gosh, God is so good. Praise God. So, all right, I need to take up offering. (laughs) Thank you. Amen. Amen. That was so good. So I'm just going to read this scripture to you all real quick. Hang on. All right. Or you know what? I'll just quote it to you. I'm just not going to worry about it. The blessing of the Lord maketh man rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. How fitting for today. But it's the truth. The blessing of the Lord. We were talking about joy this morning, you know, and joy joy is something that's so supernatural. I mean, I can't even begin to put it into words because you just have to experience it. It's the power of God, really. But, you know, the blessing of the Lord... It's so powerful because I believe everyone in here this morning, you all are seekers of God. You're not just seekers of what he can give you or what he can provide for you. You're seekers of him. And I know that to be true. Um, but you know what? There's so many people in the world, and they have, they have all the things, right? They have riches. They have uh, all these things. But, you know, these things can't help you if you're laying in a hospital de- bed Your riches can't help you if you're always depressed. Your riches can't help you with your family issues, with your son that's a drug addict, with all of these things. Your riches can't help you with that. I don't care how much money you have. But the Bible says, you as a Christian, the blessing of the Lord maketh man rich, and he adds no sorrow to it. How powerful is that? I want you this morning, when you bring up your offering, Believe on the word of God. Don't just believe in it. Believe on it. Stand on it. God's word is true. When you bring up your offering, believe that. 
He's not going to add sorrow to my life. He's making me rich right now. Amen? I'm excited. Every time I give, I'm like, yes, yes, (laughs) I'm be rich. (laughs) And I already am. Amen? But the blessing of the Lord, it's all over your life. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and pray us out, and then y'all can bring up your offering. If somebody wants to get offering. Yes. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Harvey. Praise the Lord. All right, let's pray. (laughs) Dear Lord, I thank you so much for this day. I thank you for every single person in here. You know what? Go ahead and lift your hands. Let's say it together. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Hallelujah. God meets all my needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. God is strengthening me today. God is swapping strength with me today. He's refreshing me. He's providing for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. I thank you, Lord, that we continue to praise you, not just when it looks like things are going our way, but we praise you according to what your word says, which is more of a powerful force than any opposition that we could face. In the name of Jesus, amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.